Ryder Nation, William Powell bringing the energy, bringing the fight, bringing the fire every game day, every practice. Let's go, Ryder Nation. This is the Piffles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. This is your premier Saskatchewan Rough Riders fan podcast. I'm Alex. I'm Steve. And I'm not an Estevan for once. Hey, <laughs> it's uh, we're all on Zoom here. It's nice to, to see you and not be in a hotel room for yeah. once. Uh, I play poker on Zoom with my buddies on an app, and the one guy, all you could see in the background was the bed. He goes, well, I know what Greg is Zooming later tonight. <laughs> Yeah, that's that, that's for my OnlyFans account, okay? But that's on the down low, right? Isn't that, isn't that if you work for the Washington NFL team, you do something like that? Oh. What a wreck that is. <laughs> what a, what, what a trick. And Steve almost uh, put the beer oh, up uh, his nose. That's a great – or water. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll ignore the Washington team here. We got a lot to get to on this week's episode. Episode 150, they still haven't canceled us. I'm kind of surprised by that. Um, before we jump into everything – Give us a follow on Twitter at PifflesPod. You can follow me at RealAlexD. You can find me at Safamod. And you can ignore me at uh, Greg on Sports. Or also we on Facebook. <laughs> Facebook.com slash PifflesPodcast. Check the website, PifflesPodcast.com. Of course, Piffles Podcast is brought to you by Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina. Check them out on Skip the Dishes. And it's summer, so you got to get yourself a blizzard. We're also a proud member of the CFPN Canadian Football Podcast Network and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Let's jump right in. Time for the opening kickoff. So the big news coming out, TSN's Ryan Rashog says that he has sources from inside the Eskimos organization telling him that the Eskimos will not be a thing anymore. Edmonton is preparing to drop the name Eskimos as early as next week. So kind of what we knew was going to eventually happen at some point is happening now. It is now officially imminent. The uh, P- Piffles 150, does that mean, is that my victory lap? It must be because oh you've been talking about this for God. quite a while. This whole episode, oh. you're doing a victory lap. We'll just bow out for the next 10 minutes. Yeah. Uh, oh, the... This had to happen. I'm sorry. This had to happen. And and say what you want about Washington, because we kind of alluded to it, and then there's more that came out. And now it makes it look like that name change was just a distraction for the rest of the stuff that was coming out. But that's not – like, Washington was the first card to go. Cleveland's looking at theirs. And Edmonton – and their numbers – oh, my – the numbers that they threw out there – Going, well, you know, the people that are geographically closer to Edmonton were not offended by the name. I didn't realize that actually had to deal with anything with someone actually being offended by the name. But What, what, what was it? Only 256 people surveyed out of how many tens of thousands? Yeah. Like, right. I mean, come on. That's a really small, stupid sample size to try and defend your argument. And then their most recent... Uh survey to people that anyone who has ever bought an Eskimo season ticket or oh, yeah, not even a season ticket, even ticket. Like what kind of garbage was that one? That's marketing right there. You try to word surveys exactly how they did 
to uh, Edmonton's season ticket holders and, and just ticket holders to fit your narrative. But the thing, and but they were trying, they were they were try, trying like new arguments, trying to come around. And the only thing is, I'm guessing because that link got out to the public, and people just carpet bombed it. The fact that they put in cancel culture, just putting that in there, shows enough for me to to just see you guys aren't taking this seriously enough. Or, or the the a hundred years ago, the team was named for the strong tradition of the Inuit people. Do you think they named it back then and as a racist Garbage. slur? No, come on. Like, it was so stupid. And this name change, I mean, to me, honestly, it's just a name. You're not going to lose the tradition of 100-plus years of the team and all the championships. It's not like you're losing any of the championships. You talk to some fans, they think they are. And, and I don't get that. This isn't just – it's just it's doing the right thing, but they're doing it for – wrong reasons obviously it comes down to money and then that's what we're seeing with washington that's what we're seeing here with edmonton boston pizza bellair direct pulling out as sponsors of the edmonton team and uh it's just you know what money talks and that's we just have to accept it whether we like it or not that's the way of the world right now it's fun and that's the culture that we live in it's funny you look at two years last year when we released the the report that they were looking at this name change and it trademarked the other name and the fact that it took a year and a lot of backlash and still nothing, and then the sponsors talk, that, that's, I, it, it's almost worse that it took money to do it. But again, you're right. The Eskimos are a business. Sorry, the Edmonton Football Club is a business. You know, that's what it all comes down to. It's just, I, don't, I feel like it's not really something to be celebrated that they did it for money, not for the real legitimate reason that they should have. And a bit to show that how the sausage is made, we knew about this months before we reported it because we were trying to double source it. Like we were very careful before we came out, like this is the thing. And it was just like, obviously when Len Rhodes, because I, I think it died when Len Rhodes left because obviously they knew at some point we were going to have to change the name. So they doubled up on the empire and they, they trademarked it to save it. They, they booked the, uh, um, Earl as well, so they had the web, they have the website ready to rock as well. Slowly phasing out everything Eskimo in all their season ticket packages, everything read one empire. So this this was this was the plan until Len Rhodes went decided he wanted to be a politician, and the new guy said, "No, we're not changing the name." Well, that kind of backfired on. <laughs> well, and as uh, Ryan Rashog alluded to, the name change might come as early as next week. Uh, so it's. Uh, assume it's going to be empire is is that right i kind of assume it will be i i there's a lot of fans right now even from other teams that are doing mental backflips and contortions trying to say empire is just as bad as eskimos and it's it's already built into the fan base like it, it the reason why it's the empire is for the evil empire it's a nickname that they've already been called just it, it it alludes to the tradition of the team. So that's why they decided on it. And now someone's like, oh, it's colonialism. It's just as bad as um, as Eskimo. I'm like, no, not really. Like, you're doing, like, five steps to get there. But. If they do go with Empire and they use the Imperial March from Star Wars, how long before Disney pops in and says, ah, you know what? That's going to be a billion dollars. Oh, yeah. Because you know they're going to play that song at some point. Damn Disney. 
No one watches Star Wars anyway. Pretty sure if you play any music right now, you have to you owe Disney money. Don't they own pretty much everything? Just about, yeah. Hey, um, I, so- I my, my Twitter account got blocked by Universal uh, Music uh, for a 10-second clip of Spice Girls. <laughs> it, it is it is real uh, business out there, apparently. So, do you guys think we see it within a week? Is this new ch- name change coming right away? And and what do you guys think it's going to be? Empire is the only thing they go with. It just makes sense. They've, they've trademarked it. They've played with it for two years. Going with a brand new name after a whole new marketing campaign just doesn't doesn't make sense the only thing that does make sense and there's a bunch of people throwing it out there is elks because they were the they stopped being the eskimo for one season i think it was 1937 or 27 and they were the elks for one entire year and they went back to eskimo so that is an that is an option it, it actually ties into the history as well but like like steve said they put so much money into the empire marketing just roll it over and you're you're set Watch them double down and, and uh, change their name to the Redskins. <laughs> Somebody I work with said, hey, you know what name is available now? It's the, it's the Redskins. I'm like, nope, <laughs> that's probably not going to happen. Um, watch, 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 them be, watch them be meat eaters. <laughs> the Edmonton meat eaters. Oh, jeez. Uh, the, uh, the trending on Twitter is the Edmonton Rough Riders, all one word. And I saw, I think it was Cliffy from the Montreal Alouettes flight deck podcast tweeted out well you got to make it two words to piss off, make it rough riders piss off two fan bases that way i would love that please do it i i i would actually i would enjoy that quite a bit because then we can bug edmonton about uh just being copycats it'd be and not, not being original it'd be even funnier if if they did it and allowed edmonton to take over rough riders after saying no to ottawa and then you make Ottawa fans mad too. So that's a, it's a win, win, win all around. But which, one do, you, which team do you call the green riders though? Which one do you call the green riders? Um, Saskatchewan. Cause they've had the name longer question mark. Question mark. I don't know. But anyway, that should uh, maybe next week we'll know a little bit more about that. But other big stuff in the CFL happening, of course, Thursday was the Canadian Football Hall of Fame class for 2020 was announced. And there are some major rider ties there. Out of the six names that made the Hall of Fame, four of them, former rider players. We'll start with the headliner, Henry Burris, who's actually going to be on our next show, which is going to be great because I have so many questions I want to ask Henry Burris, especially about his time here in Saskatchewan. But uh, Henry Burris, obviously, first ballot Hall of Famer, his first chance to get in. We knew he was going to make it. This guy is third in passing yards, third in touchdowns. He's like second or third in absolutely every quarterback category that, that there is. That video they put out today with Damon Allen, oh, Wonderful. so good. So good. And the thing about Henry is is he is such a genuine person. I know people in Saskatchewan still hold that grudge on him for, for 2005 when uh, he wasn't promised that he was going to be the starter after he left in 04 um, or after the 04 season. And but but he is such a genuine guy. They call him Smiling Hank for a reason. He's always smiling. He is such a nice person. I'm actually fortunate enough with my work that I deal with him every once in a while, and I have nothing but good good things to say about him. He's he's just great. Um, I always wonder what if if he would have stayed with the Riders after that 04 season, with how close they got to getting to the Great Cup. Because I promise you, 2004, they get to that Great Cup against Toronto. They kick their ass. 
Like it's not close, man. Like no. they, that team was loaded offense and defense. Toronto wouldn't have stood a, stood a chance in that game. And then who knows how many championships would the Riders have won? I guarantee they'd have more than four to their name right now. And you, you think about it, how many – so Henry Burr's obviously Hall of Famer. Kevin Glenn's a Hall of Famer. Both of them played behind Elon Green. <laughs> put Elon in the Hall. Yeah, put Elon in the Hall as well. <laughs> uh, really quick. I'm just not going to answer. Favorite Henry Burr's moment? <laughs> Steve, it's got to be your poster, right? No comment. <laughs> I, I, I don't want him to not be mad next week. But, yeah, you know what? That poster was fun. The, the Mine's in gift other form. people got out of the take a picture with the with the Henry Burris poster picture, fantastic. My I my will, favorite my favorite Henry Burris moment's not one probably one of his favorite moments, but it's it's in gift form. I use it quite a bit. 2013 Great Cup with Hamilton. Yep. I I, I do miss chanting Henry at the games at Taylor Field. Man, there was just something special about that. That rivalry that the Riders and the Stamps had back in you know 2005 to 2013 to 2014 kind of thing like that was just incredible that was the rivalry of the cfl and there was just so much hate from the fans on that on both sides and it was just it made it was great because both teams were good for that period of time and it just meant that much more actually i i I, my my legit favorite henry burst moment is actually a chanting henry burst moment um, it was when Ottawa came in the league, they had that home game preseason game here. And my daughter, uh, at the time was three or four. I can't remember now. Math is hard right now. And she was chanting Henry, like literally, like I was, I was teaching her before the game, how to do it. And the minute it started, she was right there with it. So that I'll never forget that moment as long as I live. I think the best part about Henry Burris and that rivalry is it went from we love the guy when he was here to we hate the guy when he was in Calgary to we love to hate the guy when he's in Ottawa to we just straight up love the guy now. I mean, I, he might be my favorite overall non, I, I say non-rider because most of his career was not spent here, but that like that opponent, that enemy, he's probably number one on my list of guys I would love to sit down and just talk life football whatever with over a beer for as long as humanly possible well we'll do that on the next episode of the piffles podcast so you'll he's, get your he's one he's one b with pinball he's a one a and one b has got to be pinball in him uh also going into the hall of fame fred childress offensive lineman again was with the stampeders for most of his career he actually played in both birmingham and shreveport he was part <laughs> of the u.s expansion teams with eddie davis actually he was with them or with him, so that's kind of a cool tie-in. And in Calgary with Eddie Davis. Uh, Fred Childress finishing out his career in Saskatchewan from 04 to 06. Looking back at that offensive line, Fred Childress, Gene Mikowski, Jeremy O'Day got in there. Then you had Andrew Green. Oh, man, that's, that's a good old line. Best so if they lifetime. Been, uh, oh, great offensive line that back then. Yeah. Uh, offensive tackle, speaking of offensive linemen, Clyde Brock. 1966 Grey Cup winner with the Riders here, of course, four-time All-Star. He uh, He's getting in, and uh, he's actually celebrating his 80th birthday next month. So uh, congrats, Clyde, on that. That's a long time coming. He's the 11th 
player of that 66 team to be inducted into the Canadian Football Hall of Fame. I was going to say, by the, by the end of this, I think everyone on that team is going to be in the Hall of Fame. Probably, probably except Wayne Shaw. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get him on the show to rant about that for another hour. <laughs> Best interview ever, and I wasn't even a part of it. That was the, in the Ferland era. Easily. And, uh, of course, before we get to the, the final name, there was Larry Utech as a builder inducted and Greg Varva, Greg Vavra, sorry, of uh, amateur player, Calgary Dinos. But John Hoffnagel, we all know him in Calgary, was named as a builder and, uh, of course, spent a few years here in Saskatchewan as the quarterback with uh, J.J. Barnagal, they called him, back in the, back in the 80s. So, and, and Hoff... Huff, I mean, his, his playing career wasn't anything Hall of Fame worthy, but what he's done as, you know, coming back as, as a coach and now as a GM with what he's done with the Stamps over the last 13 years, nothing short of incredible. There, Greg, you're a, you're a Patriots fan. He's the Bill Belichick right now of the CFL. And he is, and well-deserved. It's funny, I saw a bunch of people like, uh, I thought Huff was already in. I'm like, for what? <laughs> like, It's not like his playing career, he deserved to be in the Hall of Fame. And even apparently Huff was kind of taken aback. They put him in while he's still active. Like he, he, like a lot of people look at the hall of fame as your, uh, your uh, curtain call. So he, he's got many years left as the GM of the stamps and they're going to be just as good because he's built a very good scouting staff there and they seem to find players everywhere. It's downright disgusting what he's managed to do with that team over the last decade. Plus, I mean, you watch, Last year, Bo Levi Mitchell goes down, and what's his pickle out in Toronto now? Why can't I remember his name? Or in Ottawa. Ottawa. Garfield's owner. Yeah, yeah, Arbuckle. There you go. Just steps in, and it's like nothing happened. And they go on to just their regular first, second place. It's like it's, it's insane how good they've been nonstop since he came into the picture. It's it's all scouting. Like he's he's assembled like one of the best scouting groups in the CFL, and they they don't miss. They do not miss. It's amazing the the talent they've pulled into this league. It's a very deserving class for the 2020 Canadian Football Hall of Fame. One name still left off the ballot. Well, besides Wayne Shaw, Glenn Suter, and uh, I mean he's second all time in interceptions for Canadian players in the CFL in history. Is he really? Yeah. Yep. Huh. And all I thought he ever he's did still- of note was hold the kick. I'll be darned. Well, that's most notable anyway. But, no, he was uh, he was all-star safety a whole bunch of years. And, and first all-time in rider interceptions, second all-time in Canadian interceptions in the history of the league. He's got to get in at some point. Question- that, that mu- that, for that mustache alone, really. <laughs> really quick question for you guys. Does he get in before or after he's the next commissioner of the CFL? <laughs> While. Uh, since he's never going to be commissioner. I don't uh, know. Before. <laughs> I, I think after the Randy Ambrosia experiment, they're never going to make a former player uh, commissioner again. <laughs> well, they're not going to go to a former businessman who knows nothing about the league like Jeffrey Orridge again. So oh, I guess I they're, do, so. They're, they're really running out of next options. Us. Well, there we go. Yeah. We'll, we'll run it. We'll run it by tri- triumvirate. Yeah, that's a conversation for another episode. Uh, we got one more thing we want to talk about this week on the Piffles podcast. And as we record this, we are one week away 
from this league-imposed soft drop-dead date to have a CFL season kind of agreed upon by players. In the next week, will we hear anything, yes or no, about having a season one way or another? I think we're going to hear the league push the uh, soft uh, uh, dead lo- drop dead date another week. <laughs> I, I I don't see the players agreeing to it next week, and I don't see them agreeing to it at all. So, not, not at the um, value that they're talking about. I mean, it makes sense to throw out that thirty three percent as your as your salary, but what what guy in his right mind is going to come up and risk his future career for six to eight thousand dollars after tax? I mean, and, and, uh, and exchange. Yeah. And be, and be stuck in a hotel room for 15 weeks. Like that's, that's an absurd amount of time to ask a guy to stay away from humanity for pennies. It works if you're making millions like the NBA, NFL, NHL, anything like that. I mean, guys are turning down, coming back on million dollar contracts and you're going to ask a $20,000 guy to go to, to go up and do it. No. I just don't see it unless they get more money and I don't see where the money comes from. And it sucks because I'm always the positive one. I'm the guy that goes, yeah, we're definitely having a season. It's definitely happening. It's not happening guys. Sorry. I'll see you just rained on my parade. I'm going to go sulk in the corner. (laughs) Jeez. Do I have to be the positive guy? We're going to hear something this week. And I think Greg, you nailed it. It's going to be that they're going to push this little soft date back a little bit. I think they can kind of push it back until maybe August 10th or something just to give them a couple more weeks to try and figure something out. I'd, I'd, but ultimately it's not going to matter that there isn't going to be a season. I, I just don't see how any way it can happen unless you have it in like Vancouver and it goes October through January, maybe. In typical CFL fashion, they're going to get right up to the deadline date and then start negotiating and wonder what took so long. <laughs> Because the, the CFL and the CFLPA never look at a calendar. I swear to God, it's all of a sudden they get a notification on their phones like, oh, the CBA is due tomorrow. We should probably start working on that. And we haven't heard anything from either side in about, what, two, three weeks now since that kind of soft date was set? I, well, well, we've heard from the players. <laughs> a couple players. I mean, I, I understand their frustration and they should be paid something right now. And I've yeah, I, I agree too. They should be paid something, whether it be a full salary or, or not. I, I don't know what the what the proper answer is to that, but that's something that should at least be discussed by them. And we're not hearing anything. Usually the, the PA would put out an update. The league would never put out an update without something concrete in there. There's no reason for them to do that. But usually we hear something from the PA and then the league has to respond to that. But I don't know. It's just it's a weird situation and they should be really, really hammering this out. And I hate when CBA agreements and negotiations go through the media, but this is something that needs to go through the media right now because it'll force them to get something done one way or another. I I think the best thing that's happening for the CFL right now is because you've got the NBA already in the bubble. So there's a lot of those stories. You've got Washington in the, like every second headline right now. Um, NFL stuff's going out. NHL just did a new CBA, so the CFL once again is kind of well. No one's talking about us, so we don't have to we don't have to push it. So it's 
sometimes laying low is not the best best move here. And that seems that seems opposite of their usual like the way that it's been since Andy Randy Ambrosi took over. He's been trying to get them into the news every week, two weeks, three weeks, trying to get their you know all these off season plans and nonstop CFL talk. And here we are where there's no sports going on and crickets. Yeah, think, it'll be uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next week and you know a little bit more going forward and the inevitable announcement is going to happen at some point here probably within a month that there will be no 2020 season. I just don't I don't see it happening. I I really don't. This cases are starting to spike in Saskatchewan again. Manitoba went up a little bit. Alberta, BC, like it's there's there's no place right now. There's literally no place. It's weird. That is 100% safe. It's weird when you talk about Manitoba going up and they're sitting at, what, five active cases? I know. They've done a great job there. They really have. But also, who the hell wants to travel to Manitoba? What, what show are we on? You're saying good things about Manitoba? Get Unless you're going there for a football game, nobody wants to go there. The, the, the good news is, uh, no matter what I say, Winnipeg can't see what I say. So I, I can say whatever the hell I want about them. <laughs> I might be bo- bo- bleh. I might be blocked by all their fans, but you're blocked by the team. Which I think is sets the high score here. Get better, Steve. I, I think so. I think you win, especially because you donated specifically to get them to unblock you, and they did. <laughs> and they were so petty; they blocked me the next day. One kind of won that for me. I, that was fantastic. And the funny thing is, I was saying nice things about the team. I was just trashing their golden boy. And he doesn't block me. That's even funnier. Hell, his the wife rival- doesn't block me. She comes at me all the time. The rivalry lives on, even in the offseason. I love it. Anyway, I think that's going to be it this week on the Piffles Podcast, episode 150. We'll find out what's going on in the CFL in the next week or so. But until then, make sure you check out our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Podcast. We're on Twitter at PifflesPod and, of course, the website, PifflesPodcast.com. Thanks to our great friends over at Dairy Queen on Elphinstone Street and Sass Drive in Regina for bringing you this show. And special thanks as well to Kathy Festion of Royal LePage Regina Realty and Churchill Brewing Company for their support to make this show happen. Piffles Podcast, of course, a proud member of the CFPN Canadian Football Podcast Network and a part of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Gentlemen. Until uh, next time when we talk to Henry Burris here on the Piffles Podcast. Have a great uh, rest of the week, guys. Take care, gentlemen. You too, guys. We'll close it out with some Tyler Gilbert. This is Ghost Behind Your Mind.